Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Well, this morning uh, I get the privilege to share the word and uh, just in this uh, short time, uh, I'm just going to share for a moment and uh, today I want to talk about really uh, perpetual promises perpetual blessings within the Bible. Do you, do you realize that the, the Bible is, is full of never-ending promises for you and I? Does anyone ever realize that? Does anyone ever pick up this Bible and, and they look at the Bible and they go, you know what, it's amazing how many blessings there are. And they're all true and they're able to be accessed at any time, at any place. Does anyone realize that? No. It's like sometimes we receive our blessing and think, yeah, we've been blessed, that's it. But I love it that the word perpetual is here, is that they're perpetual blessings. You know, I thank God for that perpetual blessing that he gave Noah, that there would be no flood ever again. It lasts for all eternity. It lasts for as long as we walk this earth and said, you know, God, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to put this promise in place that I will never flood the earth again. I love the other one where Jesus, he died on a cross. He died for you and I so that we could have a relationship with a heavenly father. That is a promise, that is a blessing to our life. It is for all who want to access it. True? It is so true. The perpetual blessing, perpetual means never-ending, eternal. It means a eternal. You know, some things I find in life that you want to end. Others you don't. Do you realize that? Like we celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. We went to the mountains, Mulaney. We went on a walk. But you know, when you get in the car with four kids, I thank God that it's not a perpetual drive that there is an end in mind. But, but when the kids are there and they're saying, hey, listen, are we nearly there yet? Are we nearly there yet? And, and you've only just pulled out onto the freeway. Like, you know, that eight minutes where you go from your house to the freeway and all of a sudden the first kid is saying, how long is it going to be? The second kid says, are we nearly there yet? And it's like this whole trip, it just seems, will this trip ever be over. I I thank God that the promises that he has for us are not like that. Because I I never want his promises to end in my life. That car trip, yes, I want it to end. I want that hour and a half to go as quick as possible. You know, that's something that I, I want to end, but somehow having kids makes it seem that it's an eternal car trip. You know, there are other moments in your life that you think, I wish this moment would never pass. I wish we could just be here forever. You know, the first time you met that loved one, first time I met Carolina, oh, it was like, I wish this moment would never end. Oh, come on, guys, you know how you felt. That moment. How about you nudge the person next to you? Yeah, that moment, that one. You know, the perpetual moment. It's like, oh, eventually it comes. But, but I love the promises of God. They, they're everlasting. They're everlasting. They're true. They're here for us 
today. And so today I, I just want to pull out a scripture and just talk about it. And I pray today is that it would stretch who you are. It would stretch what you believe. It would stretch you so that you could actually walk in to the promises that God has for your life, to the perpetual blessings that God has for each and every one of us. So today we're going to have a look at Isaiah 54, 1 to 3. We got it there? Nope. Here we go. It says, Sing, O barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of the dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited again. Make the desolate cities inhabited again. As I was pondering over this scripture, I was looking at this, and and some of the times a lot of people start from, from the moment of enlarge the place of your tent, which is great. But sometimes it's good just to go back where it says, hey, sing. Sing, O barren. Sing, O barren. What what I love about this scripture is the first thing is that it addresses, you know, how to deal with barrenness. In other words, it it addresses those areas in your life that are not fruitful. Is that this is a a scripture, this is is something that Isaiah says to Israel and he says, you know, O barren, hey, a nation that hasn't borne fruit right now. You know what? God has got a blessing for you. God is coming back. He's saying it to the church as well. You know what? Where there is, where you are barren, where there is no fruitfulness, you know what? Oh, sing, come and rejoice. You know, the first thing for us to receive perpetual blessing is this, is to rejoice. Yeah, but I haven't received anything. If I read through this scripture, the first thing it says is before you receive the blessing, rejoice. Yeah, if you want to receive fruitfulness around your life, the first thing you need to do is actually have a grateful heart. Actually sing. You know, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, if right now your life doesn't line up with the Word of God, the situation doesn't line up with the promise of God, what it says here is sing. It says praise Him. You know, if there are areas in our life that don't match up, we are called to praise Him. Well, what happens when we start to praise Him? You know, praise is actually the pathway to God's presence. You know, there are areas in our life where we know God isn't at work. And and for some of us, we just leave those areas right there. But I want to say to you today, if God isn't moving in those areas, it's time to praise Him in those areas. It's time to sing. It's time to lift up and say, God, here I am. I I just want to praise you. You know, Psalm 22 verse 3 and it says but you are holy you God are holy oh you who are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered in other words that scripture is saying you know what God inhabits the praises of his people and if God is not in that situation you need to get him in that situation right now if there's an area of your life that there is sickness 
You know, get God involved. Praise Him in that situation. If there is a time of need in your life, is there a time where you need provision? Get Him involved in that area of your life. Lift it up to Him. Start to praise. Start to declare His promises. Where there is unfruitfulness around our life, we need to praise Him. We need to declare Him. God inhabits the praise of His people. When, whenever God's people exalt His name, He is ready to manifest His kingdom power in the way most appropriate to the situation. Let me say that again. He is ready. He is there. He wants to manifest His kingdom power in the way most appropriate to the situation. You know what that means? It's sometimes what you think is appropriate is far from what he expects. You know, you could be there, you could be singing or whatever, and then God comes through. But what I find is that when God comes through, it's greater than I could ever imagine. Don't limit God in your praise. The second one is this, is that praise is the language of faith. Is that when we rejoice, you know, we rejoice and we praise him. It's a pathway to his presence, but also it is the language of faith. It's a language of declaring. Psalm 150 verse 2, it says, Praise our God. His deeds are wonderful, too marvelous to describe. His deeds are wonderful, too marvelous to describe. Yeah, I find this, that calling people to sing before an answer to prayer or divine intervention is this. It is a significant call to faith. It's a significant call call to faith it is that when you stand up and you start to declare the word of God you start to praise him in the pit when you lift your hands up and you start to declare how wonderful he is <laughs> it's actually a call to faith you haven't received your miracle but you're in faith and you're declaring God I know that you are great Lord God I know your promises are true I know your promises are perpetual. I know that your promises and your word says, and I'm standing upon that word right now, and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to declare your goodness. I love the praise report that came into our house. It says, we have prayed, believed, worked, and sacrificed. I love those three words. <laughs> I prayed, prayed, believed, and worked. You've actually got to do something. They prayed, they believed, they worked. And the last one is that they even sacrificed for a home this year. It was our 2018 goal as a family. There were times when circumstances dictated otherwise, but God. Who, who has a but God moment in their life? But God. You know, those, those moments where it's like, but God came through. <laughs> it can only be God. But God, we continued to believe and the favor of God has come around this circumstance. Our dream has now become a reality. Praise God. Praise God. Praise, come on, praise God. Praise God. For some of us, we actually need to get a spirit of faith around our life. We, we actually need to get the language of faith around our life. What are you declaring over your situation? Are you praising Him right now? You know, that area of your life, are you ready to stand up and praise Him? You know, if your circumstance doesn't line up with the promises of God, then sing. You know, today, some of you just need to get up and sing. 
Some of you just need to get up and rejoice and declare the wonders of God around your life. Yeah, but my life doesn't look like, get up. Get out of bed. You know, for some of us, we just don't get out of bed. Oh, you're an old sack of potatoes. Get out of bed. Praise God. Yeah, you know, sometimes I don't feel like getting out of bed. But you know what? Get up. Praise Him. You'll feel better. Get up. Praise Him. Expect a miracle. Have a language of faith around your life. You know, when the, when the obstacles look too big, when the circumstances there... Speak to your mountain with faith in your heart. Declare the Word of God and praise Him and rejoice. We are called to rejoice. Today, someone here just needs to sing. Just sing. We've all got an area in our life where we just need to sing. Turn to the person next to you and just, come on, sing. Come on, sing. Give them a good nudge. Come on, wake them up this morning. Come on, you just got to sing. Come on, you got to sing like Mark. You know, you got to sing. You got to declare the word of God. You got to rejoice in the word of God. You know, Galatians 4, 27 to 28, it actually says that, you know, now we are children of promise. I haven't got that scripture. I didn't give it to it, but we are now children of promise. You know, you and I, as soon as we receive salvation, we actually become children of promise. We actually become who God is talking about right here. You know, we were barren, we found salvation, we step in, and and now we step into the promise. You know, we take hold, we rejoice with it. We come into a place where, where we're rejoicing, but then all of a sudden we need to have, the second point now is to live with expectation. Is that we rejoice, we declare it's a significant call to faith. But then all of a sudden, we need to live with the expectation. In other words, what you need to do is reject smallness. You know, enlarging the place of your tent is an act of faith, a positioning to receive a promise. You know, there are some people in life where they praise God. They come every Sunday, they lift their hands, they, they praise God, they, they love God, they declare the, the praises of God. Well, let me tell you this, is that you need to be able to receive the promises of God as well. There are too many Christians that declare the word of God, but then forget to receive the word. And then all of a sudden they're declaring it and they see other people receiving the word of God. And what takes place is as, as they start to shrink back and they go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay for them because of such A, B, C and D. Because they can receive it. Well, that, that's not meant for me. That, that blessing, that promise isn't meant for my life. But what we've got to realize is that, you know, every promise that is in the Bible is for you and I. For those that call ourselves Christians, for those of us that walk into salvation, we are entitled to every promise. But it's whether we're ready and willing to receive the promises that God has for us. You know, Isaiah says, enlarge the tent. They haven't received the promise yet. He's saying enlarge. This is a perpetual promise. This is one that lasts generations until Christ comes back. Enlarge the tent. You know, for us, we need to enlarge our own lives. So we need to praise Him, but then also enlarge. We need to make room. Make room means sometimes that we need to knock down some walls in our life that will hold us back and keep people out. You know, there are, there are walls that we put up as people that we just need to kick over in order to receive the promises. 
smallness, reject it. Reject it. Enlargement requires us to get out of our small boxes. God wants to draw you out of smallness. God wants to, you know, draw you out of small routines. God wants to draw you out of small thinking. He wants to draw you out of a limited view of who he is. The reason we stay in our small boxes, in our small mindsets, because we have a limited view of who God is. He wants us to enlarge, enlarge our mindsets, enlarge our passion, enlarge our capacity so that we can grow, so that we can take on more of the promises that he has for us, but at the same time so that we can embrace those around us. So that we can embrace those around us, mindsets, ones that would hold us back from receiving the promises of God. You know, small-mindedness kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. Small-mindedness. Those giants are too big. We are so little. We are, we are nothing. They, they saw their God in light of their circumstance. But we need to see our circumstance in light of our God. We need to look at our circumstance and look at it as God sees it. Look at it through our God that, that no circumstance is too big. No mountain is too big. And when we take that mindset, we can actually receive the promises. You know, Joshua and Caleb believed it could be done, but the rest, they were just afraid. Limited their God. And in turn, didn't inherit the promised land. Enlarging the place of your tent also means making room for some new people in your life. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've spoken about this, but what I find is that when you get out of your clique, when you start to embrace people and start to include people in your life, your life becomes richer for it. Your life becomes richer for it. My life becomes richer for it. Is it for some of us, we need to enlarge our tent. We need to make room for others in our life. The scripture says, you know, enlarge your tent, open the curtains. You know, enlarging your tent means that you make more room. Opening the curtains, what's that do? It lets people in. It lets the light in. We need to open ourselves up. As individuals, we need to open ourselves up. We need to include people around our life. We need to break the mindsets. We need to step into the fullness of what God has for our life with a yes and an amen. You know, I find this is that God's economy is relationship. You know, people matter to God. And if people matter to God, then they should matter to us. They should matter to us. Let's look at James. He's really politically correct. James 2, 8 and 10. I don't know if you're allowed to put this up on social media though. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture... You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are not convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one, he is guilty of all. Awfully quiet in here. How's that? Shall love your neighbor as yourself. But I love this, is that we should not show any partiality. In other words, is if you've got a click, open it up. 
If there's someone that you will always walk past, stop and talk. No one is too big, no one is too small, no one, whatever the reason is, we should never show partiality. But there comes a place where, you know what, where, you know, (laughs) people matter to God. So then they should matter to us. We are called to enlarge relationships with people. I find will always <laughs> test your nerves. We'll always try your patience, and they'll always stretch your prayer life. Hit the person next to you. You know, test your nerves. He's testing my nerves right now. He's testing my patience. He's 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 asking me to actually speak to someone to actually be the church that we're called to be. Like, you know, it, it's awfully quiet in here. But, but it comes to those things. It, it can be, you know, relationships can be awkward. You know, I want to say today is reject smallness. You know, who do you need to let into your life? Who are those ones that you need to let in? Who are those ones that are just on the edge that God has put around your life that you need to open up and just say, hey, come in and see your life enriched? As I was reading through this scripture again, and I've read through it year after year after year, and I find it's one of my scriptures that I love because it's a perpetual promise. It's like, Sam, always, always make sure that your tent is big enough. Always make sure that you're growing. Always make sure that you're, you're challenging your mindsets. Don't stay stale. Don't put me in a box. That, that's what God says to me through this scripture. But I, as I was reading through it over this last week, I, I came across the statement and it says, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. And it, and it goes down one more and it says, do not spare. I never noticed that statement before. Do not spare. Everything else is easy. Open up, break down walls, smash down walls. I love renovating. Smash down everything. Just ask Carolina, why'd you do that? There's a wall. I wanted a bigger place. You know, making room. But then there was this. Spare. No. Cost. In other words, is it do not spare is spare no cost. Is it at any cost? At any cost, make room. This is faith in action. This is where we come, where we go, you know what, okay, with my time, you know what, I'm going to give them my time. You know, I'm going to give them my spare. I'm not going to spare my time, but I'm going to throw myself into all that God has for my life. I'm going to fulfill all that God has for me to fulfill. If he wants me to, you know, make a place that is big enough for enough people to come and be ministered to, you know, that is my, this is who I am. I'm going to open up my life so I can minister to those around me. You know, I'm not going to spare any time. I'm going to do what he's asked me to do. With, with my talent, with what God has placed, with the gift set that he's given me right now, I'm going to offer it back to him and I, I'm going to give him as much as he needs. I'm going to spare nothing. Why? Because the descendants will be great. 
Why? Because we're going to expand to the left and to the right. Because we're going to influence nations. Why? Because there's going to be righteousness that will come and stand through the actions of those that take hold of this perpetual promise. Do not spare. As I started searching through, I realized it related back to the Corinthian church. Where Paul is writing to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 9, 5 and 7. And he says, he says, so I have decided to ask Titus and the others to spend some time with you before I arrive. This way they can arrange to collect the money you have promised. Then you will have the chance to give because you want to and not because you feel forced to. And here it is in 6. It says, remember this saying, a few seeds make a small harvest. But a lot of seeds make a big harvest. Each of you must make up your own mind. I love this. Make up your own mind about how much you give. But don't feel sorry that you must give. And don't feel that you are forced to give. God loves people who love to give. In other words, don't spare. When you change your mindset, where God comes in and start, and you start to see who you are in light of you, when you start to see who you are through God's eyes, you can understand you come to a place where God, here I am, I just want to give freely. Is it is not a force giver, but it's a, hey, don't spare. At any cost, don't spare. Dive on in, jump on in to the fullness that I have for you. Take hold of the promises that I've given you. Enlarge the place of your tent is the act of faith. It positions you to receive the promise. It positions us to receive the promise. Right now in your life, where do you need to position yourself to receive the promise that God has for your life? Where do you need to position yourself? Is that you've praised him, you've sung, you've declared his faithfulness. But what in those areas right now that, that you need to put faith in action and stand before God and say, you know what, I'm here right now. I'm ready to receive the promise that you set. I'm not going to spare anything. I'm going to throw my whole life into you, God. I'm going to throw my whole life into your promises, into your purpose. But God, as I throw my whole life, I'm not going to spare anything. I know I haven't received it right now, but this is an act of faith. And what I am doing is I am standing and I am going to declare that you are God. And as I stand here, I position myself in a place that I'll receive. That I will receive. That I'll receive. Today, church, if we're going to receive, if we're going to take hold of the promises of God, the first thing is we need to rejoice. We need to praise Him. We need to declare the language of faith. But we need to live with expectation in a place where, you know, God, here I am. I'm ready to receive. They haven't received their promise yet, but they're getting ready. Isaiah is saying, get ready. Position yourself. Take hold. I've got it for you. 
But I, I wanna know, do you have enough faith? I, I wanna know, I, I'm declare. I'm telling you right now, this is how you receive. And then he makes another statement about the stakes. Strengthen your stakes. He's like, lengthen the cords, but then strengthen your stakes. In other words, in strengthening your stakes, it's, it's go deep. Have the expectation that God will come through, but at the same time, strengthen your stakes. In other words, bang those stakes in. Put those stakes into the foundation. Put those stakes into the bedrock foundation of God, of God and His Word and His truth. Because when you're deep, when you're there and the the tent starts to expand, it, it means while you're there and you're bedrock in the truth, you know, you can bear weight. You know, the winds of life will hit that tent, but it won't move. You know, unfortunately, what I see is a lot of people is they're there, they declare the Word of God, they, they have faith, they have expectancy. But when they receive the promise that God has for them, they can't contain the promise that God has. Why? Because they haven't secured their stakes. Why? Because they haven't gone deep in God. They haven't built their personal world with God. They, they haven't built their foundations with God. They haven't been one-on-one with God, face to face. They don't have an understanding of what God has for their life. They actually haven't released everything to God. I was having a chat this week to a great senior in our church. I love him. I'd probably call him my pastor any day. But as I was speaking with him and he was just telling me just about the condition that he had and, and he's just talking about when your heart stops and he has a pacemaker and, and as he was talking to me and discussing some of these moments that he mentioned a moment where all of a sudden it was a few moments where his heart stopped and in that moment of just waiting for the pacemaker to kick back in, it was dark. And he made this statement to me, which I will never forget. And I, I, I think most of us need to come to this realization. Is that he said, in that point in time, you realize you have no power. In that moment, you realize that you actually have no control. And I love it as Christians, we say, you know what? I'm fully surrendered to God. I'm fully here, God. I'm surrendering my, my life to you. I'm surrendering everything to you. But, but I, after hearing the story and hearing what he's going through and, and what he's coming out of, he's, he made that statement is that, you know, I come to that realisation that I actually control nothing and that God is in control of everything. And I realized in that moment that even though I might live surrendered to God, I realized that I probably still haven't given Him control of everything. You know, for some of you here today, you're probably saying, you know what, God has control of my life. He has everything. I don't think we really understand how to give God total control. 
until we have a moment where there is no control for us. We need to build our foundations deep. We need to come to an understanding of who God is. We need to take hold of the promises that God has for our life. The perpetual promises and start to add them to our life. Going deeper with Him to secure your tent. To secure your tent. To support the weight. Each and every one of us has a call. Has a purpose. He has a promise right there waiting for us. But are we willing to do what it takes to receive the promise, but to live out the promise? Don't be someone that receives the promise and then doesn't have the ability to keep the promise. Don't, don't be someone that you know declares the word of God, declares the promises of God, sings their heart out, says how wonderful he is, but then don't live a life of expectation. I want to declare today is that as a church, you know, we declare the word of God. We live with expectation. We spare nothing. We go deep. Why? Because we're going to see growth. Why? Because we're going to see the hand of God move across our region. Why? Because we're going to see generations come up and know who God is around their life. Because there were people that went deep. Because there were people that were able to carry the weight to carry the weight so that there would be a covering so there'd be a place where people could come and be nurtured so that it'd be open the curtains would be open so people could see in and, and walk through that's what we're called to do receiving the promise today how many of you are right now waiting for a promise how many of you right now need a promise, need, need a blessing, need God to come through in a certain situation? Maybe it could be health. Maybe it could be finance. Maybe it could be peace of mind. It is all there. It is all waiting. It's all a yes and an amen to those who believe, for those who declare, those that are expectant, those that dig deep into His Word and draw near to his face today will you receive the promises the perpetual promises that he has in the word for you and I for those that have said yes to him for those that have said yes most in this room have said yes to salvation the generosity of our saviour Jesus dying on a cross was a yes for others of us, we haven't received it yet. For others, we might have said yes, but not walking in it yet. Because we said yes, but we didn't actually outlive it. We didn't take it up. We didn't go deep. Today, where do you sit? Where do you sit with the promises of God? Have you embraced the promises of God? Do you walk out the promises of God? Do you rejoice? Do you live expectant? Do you go deep with Him? Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. 
You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.